0: Welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Ro and I'm going to be your online host today. If this is your first time visiting us, then you are our VIP. As our VIP, we cannot let you go home empty handed. Simply text NEW to 604-285-5770 so we can send you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle just for visiting us today. Not bad, right? Parents, if you are looking for an online church experience for your kids, well look no further. Thrive Kids has prepared a summer curriculum filled with an activity guide. Uh, worship video, and teaching video. But what's the best part, and this is what my kids really love about it, is that every Sunday from 10.45 a.m. to 11.15 a.m., the kids get to have a Zoom class. Now, this is with a live teacher and they get to interact with their friends. So, for more information, visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids. Do I have an active and engaged audience? I know I do, so here's the question for today. In the mornings, do you prefer coffee or do you prefer tea? Let us know in the chat results. I cannot wait to see them. Great. Last thing I'll ask before we get going is can you take a selfie picture of yourself and post it on your favorite social media platform using the hashtag drive online? Great. I cannot wait to see these pictures. Now I'm ready for today's pivotal moment. I hope you are too. I will see you on the other side.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to Thrive Church online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive and I'm so excited to welcome you to an amazing Sunday here at Thrive Church online. If this is your first time here, you are what we call our VIP. I want to say our VIP and we are especially excited to welcome you today. In fact, we've got a special gift we want to give to you. Uh, if you go to mythrive.info and you press a button that says "New to Thrive," or you can text the word "New" to 604-285-5770, we'd love to get in touch with you. In fact, we've got a special gift waiting just for you. It's a stainless steel Thrive Church water bottle that we'd love to give you, just to say thanks so much for being a part of our service today. Whether it's your first time here or not, we have a saying here at Thrive: which is that welcoming is not just what we do. It's It's who we are. And so with that in mind, would you just welcome one another to church today? Maybe you're sitting beside someone, give them a high five, a handshake, a warm hug if that's appropriate, and just say, welcome to church. Maybe you've got a chat room there. Would you welcome the people in your chat room? Say, it's great to see you here in church today. We should do that right now. Let's welcome one another to church today. Let's do that together. You guys are a beautiful church inside and out. And in case you're wondering, why do we do this? Why do we even exist as a church here at Thrive? Let me remind you that here at Thrive Church, we exist for five purposes called A-E-I-O-U. Last week, we showed you a bunch of blanks and we didn't fill them in. We're going to fill them in this time. All right, you guys ready? And so we're going to go and say this together with me. Here at Thrive Church, we exist for five purposes called A-E-I-O-U. A stands for once you write in your chat room what does a stand for a stands for alive it means we're here to Want you put in the chat room as well it stands for we want to worship Jesus E stands for write it in expectant it means we're here to write it in grow into Christ like disciples I stands for involved it means we're here to serve God with our talents O stands for write it in now out loud it means we're here to lead others to Jesus and U stands for United. And what does it mean? It means we're here to love our spiritual family. And our dream is to build a church of 10,000 AEIU leaders in the city of Vancouver and around the world. Oh, come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. That's the vision of our church. That's the dream of our church community. And we're so glad that you are a part of it. Thanks so much for joining us at Thrive Church online today. And hey, if you are a fan of what we do here at Thrive, if you believe in the work that God is doing here, if you call throughout church your home church as well we want to encourage you to share about what you're learning here at church go on social media and don't be afraid to share uh, you know a link to our services don't be afraid to let your friends and neighbors know about what's going on here uh, you know we've been just really excited to see people not just here in vancouver but around the world who've been joining us for our services our church is growing even during covid 19 and so we're incredibly excited about what god is doing and so don't be afraid to share and also don't be afraid to give i say give don't be afraid to give and if you haven't given your tithes and offerings yet you can do so by going to mythrive.info and you can press the button give and we love uh, to get involved together in sowing into the kingdom of God knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first he adds what he adds everything that we need and so with that in mind thanks so much in advance for giving thanks for being an amazing church and uh, we look forward to an amazing time to worship God together today Do you guys bring your Bibles here today Yeah, you have your Bibles? Could you get your Bibles right now? It's time to get your Bibles. Maybe it's another room. Go and grab it right now. Uh, Mine is a paper Bible. Maybe yours is a a device you downloaded the Bible into. Either way is cool. Let's do this together as a way to get our hearts ready for the message. Why don't you hold up your Bible in the air like so. All right, just a fun way to get our hearts ready for the message today. Why don't you hold up in the air like this, and let's make this proclamation together. It's on the screen. Let's say it together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's Word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's Word can come in and change my life, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, we're doing a series here at Thrive. It is called Pivotal Moments. It's because we believe that every day matters. Every moment counts. But there are certain moments in our lives that for some reason have an especially big impact on the rest of our lives. And you know, for you, maybe it's when you said yes to that opportunity. Maybe it's when you lost that loved one. Maybe it was a situation that was beyond your control. Maybe someone made a decision and it really affected you. Or maybe you made a decision and your life has never been the same. Well, we all have what we call pivotal moments in our lives. And this is what we're here to talk about in the series called Pivotal Moments is when we are in situations where we have to make some tough real life decisions and the lessons we can learn from that experience. And so we've been extremely blessed to have some amazing speakers sharing about their pivotal moment. And we are, uh, you know, here extremely blessed to have Pastor Nick Osborne from Lighthouse Church Stevenson here with us today. Pastor Nick, he he has been a dear friend of Thrive for many years now. He and his lovely, Jamie, they're amazing family. Uh, we are so blessed to have them in our lives, uh, and uh, we uh, are always extremely blessed to have Pastor Nick come. He is an amazing teacher of God's Word, uh, and he's also a dear friend, and we are just extremely excited to have him here today. And so here to share his pivotal moment, or one of his pivotal moments, would you please give a warm, Thrive welcome to Pastor Nick Osborne as he comes to share today. Come on, let's give him a big welcome today. Praise God.
2: Thanks, Pastor JB. Uh, It's a pleasure to be with you today at Thrive. And when Pastor JB contacted me and said, hey, we're doing this this series, Pivotal Moments, and told me what it was about, uh, my first thought was, what an amazing series, like how incredible is that? Because all of us, no matter where we are uh, or who we are, we always are going to face some, some pivotal moments in, in our life. Uh, it's a really relevant topic and I'm sure that you guys have had some amazing stories and teaching already. And uh, like I said, it's just great to be here with you and one of the reasons I was so excited to talk about this topic was because, yes, we, we all face pivotal moments in our life. We all face those times of major and tough decisions. What degree should I study? Uh, should, I, should I move here or not move here? Should I date this person? Should I marry this person or not? Or there may be some other moments and decisions we have to make. Every human faces these moments in life. We all have to make these kinds of decisions, but followers of Jesus, followers of Jesus have an advantage. And that advantage is God's promise of guidance throughout these decisions. So we have verses like Psalm 32:8. the Lord says, "'I will guide you along the best pathway for your life.'" We have Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Or even Galatians five sixteen. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have an amazing resource residing within you throughout this pivotal moment, the Holy Spirit. And even if, you are, even if you are not a follower of Jesus, perhaps you're here this morning and you're just kind of exploring Jesus. You're curious about spirituality. You know what? We have the opportunity to, to yield our life to the guidance of God. We have that opportunity to, to have him as a resource and a savior in our life. So perhaps that's something you might want to think about if you're going through a pivotal moment right now. And so at the foundation of this pivotal moment, at the foundation of this kind of decision making, it really just comes down to the thought of listening to and following the voice of Jesus. It's just like the journey through life, right? We always are are trying to, to listen to and follow the voice of Jesus because his guidance is always the best guidance and perhaps In a pivotal moment, we may feel a little more pressure um, than we do at other times in life, but it's still the same principle. Listen to and follow the voice of Jesus. And you know what? At no time is this more crucial than when we hit a time of crisis. And your pivotal moment might be in in, in a time of crisis. It may not be, but when we are in a crisis, Everything in us wants a certain outcome. Like we are yearning for a certain outcome. We we want to get out of the crisis. We want a solution to it. No matter what the crisis is, it could be a, a health crisis, it could be a relational crisis, it could be a financial crisis, but whatever that crisis is, we want it solved. We don't like being in crisis. And because we so desperately seek a certain outcome, We and, and, and we really want God to, to bring us to that outcome, it takes an incredible amount of faith and maturity to be open-handed with these results and, and let God guide us through these pivotal moments. So I want to share with you a personal story, it's, it's a vulnerable story about a, a crisis in my life and how God guided me in making some very major and, and very difficult decisions. But before I actually get to the story, I just want to give you a, a bit of context so you understand how this particular pivotal moment was, was different from others. Because crisis decision making can look different from regular decision making, which we're going to address later. But generally speaking, I, I tend, I don't know how to describe it, but I tend to be guided by my gut. Like I just, I just have a sense, I have a feeling that, that this way is the right way to go. And, and I trust that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me and guiding to me. I don't often hear like a a voice um, speaking to me saying, do this, go here, do that. I just have, have a sense in my spirit or a sense in my gut which is the right way to go. And sometimes God confirms that from outside sources and sometimes he doesn't. For example, when I began uh, college and university, I was in a jazz music program and I was heading toward a degree in music therapy. But literally, <laughs> literally in the span of two seconds, I, I completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I decided to drop that and become, become a pastor. I was walking with a friend one day down the road and my friend said, you know, I think I'm gonna go to Bible college and be a pastor. And as soon as he said that, I knew, I just knew. I knew in my spirit, I knew in my gut, that's what I need to do. And so I finished the year, uh, I dropped out of the jazz music program, I went to Bible college, became a pastor, and I've never looked back, I've never doubted that that was God speaking to me in that moment. But that changed uh, when I hit crisis in my life. So let me share this story. February 2009, uh, my wife and myself—we are sitting in our in our van. We are waiting for um, one of our kids to to finish an appointment, so it was just the two of us in the van. And she turned to me, and she said, "Basically, I want to leave our marriage. I want our marriage to be over." And to be honest, at that moment, it was it was my worst fear. It was the one thing that I probably feared more than any other thing in my life up to that point. Because as a child of divorced parents, I knew that if that were to ever happen to us, my kids would suffer. They would be devastated. But also as a pastor, I felt if that were ever to happen to us, my ministry, my ministry life would be over there'd be nothing more for me to do. And both of those were very devastating possibilities. Now, before I go any further, I, I just wanna lay down one caveat for you. I, I firmly believe that it takes two people, two, like two halves of a couple um, to, to make a marriage succeed. If you want a marriage to flourish, it takes two people working toward that. But I also believe that it takes two people for a marriage to fail. And when there is a separation or a divorce, um, my experience, my personal experience is there there are no innocent parties or completely innocent parties. And so as I continue this story, you are gonna hear about uh, my wife making some very big decisions that ended our marriage. But even though one person made those decisions, it took both of us making little decisions along the way to get our marriage to the point where ending it was even a possibility. So I just wanna throw that caveat to, to say, yeah, this was something that I had to learn from and grow through as well. So it was the beginning of February. My wife tells me she's leaving. Uh, she's leaving by herself. We had, we, we had five children, five, yeah, five. <laughs> Let me hold that up, five children. And both of us uh, felt that the kids had to remain with me um, and so that she was gonna leave and I was going to become a, the full-time single parent of five kids. And at this point, we were homeschooling our kids. And so I asked her to stay until the end of the school year. So this is February. I asked her to stay until the end of June in order to complete their teaching. Because when I say we were homeschooling our kids, I really meant she was homeschooling our kids because, because I was working uh, in, in a church. And, and she agreed to do that, but she also said that I'm not going to change my mind. As far as I'm concerned, our marriage is over from this point forward." She didn't want to go to counseling. She didn't want her mind to be changed by anything. Uh, She was determined to leave. And so we had that conversation. I think it was on a Saturday or maybe it was on a Sunday. And on that Tuesday, I had to sit down with my church board and I had to tell them what was happening, what was going through. It was a very difficult, obviously, very humbling discussion to have. And I had to tell them I cannot continue in ministry. I'm not, I'm not able to right now. I need to be home and focus on things there. And to their credit, uh, the church board gave me months of time off with pay. And so from that point forward, I began to contend for my marriage. I fought for my marriage. Uh, for, for all these months while she remained at home. Now to go through a, I don't, I don't know where you're at right now you, uh, as you watch this, but, but some of you may know to go through a separation or a divorce, it is extremely hard. And, and to go through a separation or divorce as a follower of Jesus although you do have the amazing support of God or the, the insight of God in those moments, it is still extremely hard. And I will, I'll just be very honest with you. Um, Christians are not always very gracious when it comes to this issue with other Christians. It was very difficult for me. But to go through a separation or divorce as, as a follower of Jesus and as a pastor... Was was so difficult. I don't. I don't even know how I made it through there. To be honest, because you have all the difficulty of all the brokenness uh, of uh, of a of a marriage in trouble, and you have all the brokenness that comes and the difficulty that comes from having that in a church setting. But then you have the added difficulty of being being judged as a Christian leader while you're experiencing this kind of trauma in that same time and there are times there's an old testament uh in, in the law in the old testament there was a time where where god would say you know if you had if you if you were a leper you had to walk around shouting out unclean unclean wherever you went so people would know not to touch you and, and at times i felt like that's what people were expecting of me that I as a pastor, that I as a Christian leader, going through marriage trauma, separation, divorce, uh, I had to start shouting, I'm unclean. I'm sorry, I can't I can't pastor, I can't minister. I can't do whatever I may want to do because I'm unclean, because I've gone through this. It was very, very difficult. And I, and I share this just to give you the context of the pivotal moment. I mean, that is a pivotal moment right there, but there's a pivotal decision that's coming up uh, that you needed the context for. And so for about a year uh, before, um, before my wife told me that she wanted to leave, uh, she, had a, she had a growing friendship with someone in our church who, who was male, another man in our church, just friends. Um, but it did grow to the point where I began to feel a little uncomfortable and also express uh, discomfort toward her. And um, after she told me that she was going to leave in February, uh, they began to spend even more time together. This man was, was a friend of mine. Um, I thought I would have considered him someone that I'm pastoring, someone that I'm, that I'm mentoring, um, but I wasn't comfortable with the, with the depth of relationship that was happening. And I did meet with him one on one and even asked him to, to pray for my marriage, to pray that that uh, God would, would heal uh, whatever had come between me and my wife at that time. So I had this growing discomfort. Some would say, some said a growing blindness to, to not see um, what I didn't want to see. But there came a day where God said something to me uh, that gave me great peace, and I discovered later that I was completely wrong, (laughs) that God never said what I thought he said. See, during this time, and during this friendship that was developing, I began to pray that God would keep all of us faithful, faithful to our vows, faithful to our our marriage, faithful to to him. And I prayed, I asked God, I said, please do not let them become physically involved. And there was a day I I honestly, truly felt like God said to me, don't worry, I'm going to keep everything faithful. And that gave me great peace because at that moment I felt, oh good, now it's just a matter of time and and we'll be able to work on this and restore what has been lost between us. Now, fast forward a few months. Outwardly, my wife had not changed her stance on leaving, but I am convinced that God is working behind the scenes, that he's working in her heart and in my heart. Eventually, she does move out. She moves to house-sit for some friends of ours for the summer. And even then, we felt, I felt, well, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's just a break, that kind of break that she needs um, in order just to kind of recenter herself. Now comes the pivotal decision, the pivotal moment. Shortly after she moves out, I'm driving on my way to a counseling session that I was going to go to, and the phone rings. So I pull over, I answer the phone, and it's her, my wife. And she says to me, well, there's a couple things you need to know. First off, I'm pregnant. And second, you're not the father. The other man is the father. I don't know, I mean, if you have ever experienced that, it was probably the most crushing moment of my life. And I found out later that this affair had been going on for months, including the time where I prayed and I felt God say, don't worry, I'll keep everyone faithful. Well, I know that wasn't true because they they were already having a physical affair at, at that time. And so the decision that comes down to me is, well, now what? Do I stay? Or do I go? What what do I need to do? I have this biblical permission to end our marriage. And she even asked me to end our marriage, to file for divorce. But, But just because we have permission to do something doesn't mean it's always the right thing for us to do. Just like Paul says, you know, it may be permissible, but it may not be beneficial. So what do I do? And the problem for me, the crisis I was facing was I lost all trust in my ability to hear from God because I really did think I heard from him and I was wrong. I was convinced what he told me was true and it was completely incorrect. So what do I do? How do I make this pivotal decision in the middle of this crisis when I doubt my very ability to hear from God. A couple of hours after this phone call, I went to visit a friend who was also a pastor who had been walking with me through this crisis so far. And here's how our conversation went. I said, She's pregnant. I'm not the father. And he replied, Hallelujah. And I looked at him and I said, I don't exactly remember my exact words, but it was something along the lines of, what the heck are you talking about? And then he said these words that completely shifted my trajectory. He said, Nick, you have been given the best chance any man has ever had to truly love his wife like christ loved the church and i heard those words and god spoke to me through those words through those words plus the counsel and advice of other people i loved and trusted i decided to stay to continue to fight for my marriage. And during those months of contending for my family, I, I prayed, I fasted, other people prayed and fasted. I, I literally lost uh, 20 pounds in the course of, like my appetite was gone, uh, and in the course of just a few months, I dropped 20 pounds and... Uh, um, Yeah, it was, it was like fighting hard for these things. And I always made sure, because I was having some doubts about hearing from God myself, I always made sure to continue to get wise counsel from professionals, from friends, from other mature followers of Jesus. And, and I needed this because during this crisis, I was not, Hearing God like I used to. And so the pivotal decision I made was to stay and to fight for my marriage. And the way I made this decision was mostly through the wisdom that God gave me from other people, wisdom that agreed with His word, wisdom that gave me peace in my heart and in the end that decision to stay it was my decision my decision alone and just like for yourself when you face those pivotal moments and you face those pivotal decisions you alone will stand before God to give answer for that and we're not gonna be able to say well well he said this and she said I should do that no in the end it is your decision. It is your decision in the end. But for me, I needed that perspective from other people. And I needed a safety net of, of multiple sources giving me the same message to make that decision. And this is what God's word talks about in Proverbs a lot. Proverbs 12:15 says fools follow their own directions and think they're right. But wise people listen intently to advice. Proverbs 18.1 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. And I know if you're like me in a time of crisis, what I wanted to do is I wanted to crawl under a rock and isolate myself. But if I isolate myself in a crisis, if I make my decisions on my own, I am ignoring the sound judgment of Scripture who says, get help, get advice. And then Proverbs 19:20 says, get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be ro- wise for the rest of your life. Now you may be wondering, uh, well, what was the outcome of all this? How did this end up? Well, to be honest, it wasn't, what I wanted at the time. There were a couple times when it looked like that my wife might change her mind, um, but in the end, she didn't. And she gave birth to a, a, a beautiful baby girl. And the three of them, uh, my wife and this other man and that that baby, they settled. They moved in and settled into being a family together. And a month after this happened, I, I felt like the Lord might be saying to me to, to change my focus. Up to this point, now we're 14 months into this whole ordeal. So up to this point, my focus had been trying to, to win my wife back, to restore our marriage. But at this point, 14 months in, after they had moved in together, after they had become this family unit, I felt like God might be saying to me, um, hey, she, she's made her decision now. And so now I want you to focus on healthy closure, on ending this chapter of life well, because a new chapter is on the horizon. And other people in my life began to share similar insights as well. Well, that new chapter was Jamie, who is now my wife. And here's the interesting thing about this. We, if you think about it, I mean, God, God knew far in advance what the, what, what the result was gonna be. He knew that my wife was not gonna come back. And yet he still told me, contend for your marriage fight for your marriage, even though he knew it was a lost cause. He knew what the, he, he, he knew that, I shouldn't say that, I shouldn't say fighting for your marriage is never a lost cause. Don't get me wrong. But he knew that her decision in the end was going to be not to return to our family. So why would he ask me to fight for my marriage? I think there's two reasons. One is because I needed to. I grew so much through that time, my personal growth. I needed to contend, I needed to fight, I needed to persevere, I needed to not give up. And I grew in faith and I grew in strength and I truly believe I grew in authority as well in the spirit as as I continued to contend. But the second reason I think is because of Jamie. We met at the church I started attending after my marriage broke down, and she saw me at my lowest. But she also watched me fight for my marriage for many months and not give up and still maintain faith and hope in God in the process. And at one point during this process, she said to herself, wow, this is the kind of man that I would like in my life not meaning me personally, because she was also praying and fasting for the restoration of my marriage, but she was, she was looking for someone like me. And yet in the end, it was me. We fell in love, we got married, but none of that would have happened if I had not made that pivotal decision to contend for my marriage because she saw the character that came through and the character that was growing in me through that time. And if I had just given up and said, I'm going to start life again, she would not have seen that. And she would not have said, well, that's the kind of person I want. And so that's the amazing thing about these pivotal decisions is sometimes they don't go the way we want them to go, but God is at work in them because he knows how one decision will affect the rest of your life. You and I, we may guess at how it will affect, but we don't know. God knows, which is why we have to follow His voice and follow His guidance, even when it doesn't make sense to us, even when everything in us wants to to do something different or to get out of that crisis. If God says, stick it out, then we have to stick it out. I thought I was doing all this for my first marriage, to, to restore my marriage. But God knew you're actually doing this for your second marriage so that your wife-to-be can see you, can see your character, and can see your growth through this time. So let's remember when it comes to our decision-making that God and only God knows how the one decision is going to affect our future. And so with that in mind, let me just wind up by giving some, some guidelines of how to make a pivotal decision in a crisis. If you're in a, you're in a moment of crisis, how am I going to face those pivotal moments and how am I going to make those decisions? Well, the first guideline is this. If at all possible, avoid making pivotal decisions when you're in crisis. If you can, avoid doing so it may take some endurance it may take some perseverance but when you hit burnout at work that's the wrong time to make a career decision or if you hit a crisis in your marriage that's the wrong time to make massive family decisions so if you can avoid it if you're in a crisis if you can avoid making a pivotal decision then do so but number two if you must make a pivotal decision Do so with extreme humility and the recognition of your bias, right? Everything in you wants a certain outcome. But you need to be humble and echo the words of Jesus Not my will, but your will be done. And it's okay to to say, I want an outcome. Like the, the poet in the Psalms does that all the time. You can say, or even like Jesus, if at all possible, take this cup away from me. Take this crisis away from me. That's what I want. I want out of this crisis, God, but not my will. Your will be done. Guideline number three, understand that God may not speak to you during a crisis the way he does at other times. For me he didn't speak to me as much through my gut instinct through that sense of the spirit leading because i was in crisis i was having a hard time hearing him he spoke to me through the counsel of other people and that is what i needed and so so even though he may not be speaking to you the way he normally does he's still speaking so pray for the awareness to see his presence and to hear his guidance during this time. Which leads us to the fourth guideline, get prayer. (laughs) Ask people to pray for you. Ask people to pray for you to have wisdom because you are not meant to walk this alone. Like I said, my first instinct was to isolate myself. That was the wrong instinct. That was my shame speaking saying, I don't want people to know about this. I don't want people to see this. I don't want people to know I'm going through this. But if you are in a time of crisis, you need to ask people for help and for prayer. Ask them for prayer. Begin to share yourself in that vulnerability with them. And God will answer through that. Guideline number five, get counsel. I don't necessarily mean get counseling, which which may be something that you need, but I mean, get counsel. Even if you are sure that you've heard from God, weigh it against the counsel of other mature followers of Jesus. That's what I learned. (laughs) Guideline number six, don't live in an echo chamber. And what I mean by this is simply, when you do go get counsel, Don't just go to the people that you know will agree with you. Go to people who are mature, even if you think they might give you a different perspective or a different piece of advice. Just don't live in an echo chamber. And then, lastly, seek peace. And that's a very hard thing to do in the middle of crisis. It's very hard to feel peace in the midst of a storm. But in pivotal moments, Even if the decision is hard for us, God does grant us his peace when we follow his will. That is one of the ways he confirms our decision making by granting us peace. And so I would say uh, that if you don't feel God's peace with a decision, then just be cautious, be wary about moving forward. Now, there have been times where where God has given me his peace after I've made the decision. But that peace has come. And so if you are not feeling God's peace, just be cautious. I'm not saying don't go ahead, because like I said, sometimes he will give you the peace. He wants you to take that step in faith. And then he gives you the peace after you take the step. But just maybe check again with some counsel, with some other people. We have to remain humble. We have to remain open-handed with our decision-making. When it comes to pivotal moments, we want to make the right decision, obviously. But remember, God is gracious, and God honors the heart with which we make the decision. And we can actually paralyze ourselves by thinking, if I make the wrong decision, it's gonna be over. Everything, you know, God had this plan A for me, but boy, if I make this decision, then it's done. It's plan B, plan C, plan D, plan Z, I don't know. We can be scared about making a decision because we feel like like that, that God says, well, yeah, you made the wrong decision, so sorry. My perfect will will not be accomplished in your life anymore. But that's not true. Because God says... He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him. And that even means when we make a wrong decision. (laughs) When we make a wrong decision, God can still work that for good, can still accomplish His plans in our life. You can never, um, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is here, but you can never sort of uh, make a mistake so big that God can't can't restore you. You know, that God can't bring you back into his path. And so the idea here is to have the right heart, to say, I want to make the right decision. And that's what God loves. The decision itself is actually secondary to the heart. When our heart says, God, I want to follow you. I want to hear you. I want to honor you. I want to make the right decision. God loves that. And he honors that. And even if we do make a mistake, It's okay. God is gracious and God can restore us back onto the right path for our life. And so with that in mind, let me end with a prayer. This is a prayer from uh, a man named Thomas Merton. And it's going to come up on your screen and you, if you'd like to, can just listen or you can read it. I know uh, with the small groups, there's some Uh, some questions I've sent for your small groups and this prayer is a part of that so you will see it again in your small groups but let me close by reading this prayer from Thomas Merton about having the right heart in our times of pivotal decision making my Lord God I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you and I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire and I know that if I do this you will lead me by the right road though I may know nothing about it therefore I will trust you always though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death I will not fear for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. God is madly in love with you. Madly in love with you. And it gives him great delight to lead you and to guide you to green pastures, to still waters where you can receive his joy and his love and his peace. And so my prayer for you, Thrive Church, hear the voice of Jesus. Follow the voice of Jesus. And you will find that God will come through for you every time. He will not let you go. Let me just close with this blessing from Numbers chapter 6. Thrive Church, may the Eternal One bless you and keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the eternal one lift up his countenance to look upon you and give you his peace. Amen.
3: creation you knew me as I was and even then you chose me to be The apple of your eye. Forever, I am precious in your sight. Never will you leave me. I'm safe and secure. Forever in.
1: got a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Oh, come on. There's more in you than that. Give God all of your praise in this place today. I don't know about you, but I was just so incredibly touched and encouraged and challenged by what Pastor Nick just shared today. You know, every time Pastor Nick is here, we are so incredibly blessed and encouraged and inspired uh, and, you know, enlightened by the stuff that he shares. But today on this day, as we do this pillow Moment series, I want to thank Pastor Nick so much for sharing uh, such a private part of his life with all of us today. Um, and uh, it's not an easy thing to share, but uh, he shared it so courageously and, and insightfully as well. And uh, a huge thank you. Can you, you give Pastor Nick a big hand, a big shout in this place right now? We love him and Jamie, and we just are so thankful that he came to share his story with us today. Not just a story, but some incredible lessons about how to make it through a crisis. And you know, when Pastor Nick was sharing, and I, I just came back from a little vacation, uh, Pastor Shar, myself, our family went uh, to a place with a lot of mountains. And so I guess I'm seeing, I, I was seeing a lot of mountains these past few days. And so I don't know if, uh, if, if, if it's anything else besides that. But when, when Pastor Nick was sharing, there were just these three mountains that kept on appearing in my mind. Uh, and those three mountains, and you can picture it yourself. There's like a mountain called marriage. There's a mountain called hearing God's voice. There's a mountain called just trouble generally that we don't know how to get through. And maybe you're in this place and you are facing one of those mountains today. Is that maybe you are married and there is a mountain that you are facing, that your marriage feels like a mountain right now in terms of the challenges you're going through, in terms of maybe the pain that you're experiencing. Uh, maybe it's a mountain in terms of you're not married yet, but you, you know, have been wanting to get married and it just feels like a mountain because you don't really know how you're ever going to get there. Or or maybe it's someone else's marriage that is not doing well right now. Maybe it's your own parents' marriage. Uh, Maybe it's your child's marriage. Maybe it's your friend's marriage. And it is a big deal for them, and it hurts your heart to see them go through it right now. And that's a mountain today, and I want I want to lead us through just praying for that first mountain right now. That uh, maybe it's for your own marriage or the marriage of someone you love. Uh, I want to just invite you right now. Uh, you know, Pastor Nick did an awesome job of just praying for us and over us right now. I want to encourage you to respond to God through prayer as well. And so right now, would you just just would you just right now respond to God wherever you're watching the service right now? You might be in your car, in your room, wherever you might be. Where don't worry about your neighbor; it doesn't concern them. This is between you and God right now. Would just take this moment as the music is playing just to talk to God we believe that God is a God who hears our prayers that he loves you, like Pastor Nick said, he's madly in love with you. In fact, he was so in love with you, and he so much did not want to be apart and separate from you that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus went and climbed a mountain and got on a cross so that we could be forgiven for our sins, so that we could be brought back to God. And so he loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And so you can come to him just the way that you are. You can bring your burdensome today. And so with that in mind, would you just join me right now in praying over that first mountain that we just talked about right now. It's the mountain called marriage. Marriage can be tough. Marriage is tough, and sometimes it can be extremely painful, and I just want to encourage you right now to pray for maybe it's your own marriage or the marriage of someone you love. Uh, Just pray today that God's peace, God's perspective would fill your heart when it comes to that situation. That God's wisdom, God's insight, God's strength, God's courage would fill your heart as you look at that situation. And so, would you just join me right now in praying right now, just from your heart? Don't wait for me to stop talking. Don't wait for someone else to start talking. Just start talking to God right now. Just right now in this room. Right now, wherever you are. Just start talking to God right now. And just, would you pray for that? Would you pray for your own marriage? Would you pray for your own future marriage? Would you Would you pray for that person that you love, that's that you care that you care for right now, whose marriage is maybe not in a great place? Would you pray for them right now? Would you pray for them right now? Would you pray for God's peace, God's strength, God's perspective, God's answer, God's guidance? Would you start talking to God right now? Just do that right now. Just from your heart and your own words, come on. Just do that right now. He's listening, He's here, He loves you. Just start talking to God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise your name. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God thank you God pray for your own marriage pray for your own relationships pray for that marriage that you're concerned about Randall just do that right now thank you Jesus thank you father God we pray we pray for that marriage we pray for that marriage we pray for that marriage together together right now we come to you right now we pray for these marriages we pray for every marriage that's represented in this time right now that, that every married person who's praying right now every person who wants to get married every person who's who's concerned about a marriage that's dear to them father we pray for those things right now we pray for those relationships right now, our healer, our comforter, our strength, our guide, our rock, our refuge, our Savior, our deliverer, our rescuer, the one we need more than anyone. We look to you today and we pr- cry out on behalf of every marriage that's been prayed for right now. We pray in Jesus name for every marriage today that your will would be done, that your name would be lifted, that you would, you would cause whatever situation is happening right now in the lives of people people praying right now that, God, that you would cause them to grow into the people that you made them to be, to be more like Jesus in our attitude, our character, the way we love, knowing that you are writing a greater story than anything we could write ourselves. And so we thank you today, and we give you praise. You say in your word in Hebrews that marriage should be honored by all. And, God, we just pray and lift up every marriage in your hands, whatever situation they're in right now. We pray for them today, and we ask, God, for your help, your blessing, your protection, your wisdom, your persuasion, your peace, your insight, your restoration, your healing, your comfort, and just your joy to fill every single person right now. We thank you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Let's do that together. I hope you don't mind that we're praying a little bit today. Hey, we're in church. We should be praying. And so let's do this together right now. I want to pray for the second and third mountain together right now. The second mountain, the first mountain was marriage. The second mountain is maybe you're facing this mountain of having trouble hearing God's voice. And, you know, you have maybe lost confidence in your ability to hear God's voice. And, you know, Pastor Nick shared some incredible insights and lessons on how you can regain that confidence about how you're hearing from God. I, I, have I heard from God wrong before? Yes, I have. I have. And I'll be sharing about that later on in the series. But it's just one of those things where maybe you thought you heard from God, but it just turned out not to be that way. can let you know this. Don't be discouraged because it's a process. God is not just a God of the moment, but he's a God who's writing a greater story with your whole entire lifetime. And so with that in mind, if you want to be someone who gains greater confidence and who is, is more and more able to hear God's voice, because he is here, the, when we hear from God wrong, when we don't hear from God, when we, we think, to that says nothing about God, that's just more, that says more about us. It's that God, he is always faithful. He is always there. He is always loving. He is always guiding. Sometimes it's us, all the time, it's us that, that gets, uh, you know, if, there, if, everything, if ever anything goes wrong, it's, it's, it's usually, it's always, because it's our. Part, it's not God's part. And so with that in mind, if you want to gain confidence in this area and you're facing this mountain called hearing God's voice, or you're just going through some trouble generally, which is just bigger than you right now, I'm here to let you know God is greater than your problem. God is greater than your issue. God is greater than that uncertainty. God is greater than that sickness. God is greater than that relationship problem. God is greater than that thing that you think is just too big for you. It's not too big for God. And so with that in mind, I want you to lift your hands to God today and let the height of your hands reflect how much you need God today. Let the height of your hands reflect you desiring God and wanting to hear his voice in real, true ways, in ways that uh, are truly from God and not just us, that uh, ways that that are full of wisdom and his peace. And so, with that in mind, I want you to lift your hands to God. Let the height of your hands reflect you. Surrender to God whatever issue it is you're going through, knowing that nothing is, is anything compared to who God is, that God is so much greater than what you're going through right now. So, I want you to lift your hands to God and just start talking to God one more time. Just start talking to God from your heart. Ask God for wisdom to hear His voice. Ask God for wisdom to apply the lessons we've learned today from Pastor Dick's message. Ask God for His help, knowing that He's writing a greater story with your life than anything you could write for yourself that just when you think you know, it's going a certain direction, God is doing something different because God is greater. Let's all just do that right now. Just start talking to God from your heart one more time. Just respond to God. Make the most of this moment. Don't just sit there and spectate, but just move toward God today. Don't run away from Him. Run toward Him. Move toward Him. Seek His face today. Just start talking to God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise your name. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you God Thank you Jesus Thank you Father Praise your name Thank you Jesus The one who is greater The one who overcomes Thank you Jesus Praise your name Praise you Father Praise you Jesus Thank you Jesus Thank you Father Thank you God Thank you Jesus And lastly, if you're here and you have never opened up your heart to Jesus Christ, maybe this is the first time you've ever been in church and you're like, all this is new, but you know that this is somehow something that God wanted you to be a part of today. I believe that God uh, doesn't do anything randomly or by accident, but you're here today for a purpose and if you've never opened up your heart to jesus christ i want to encourage you to do that because it is the most amazing thing you could ever do it's the most life transforming joy giving hope bringing thing you could possibly do that when we were separated from god because of our sins god sent jesus christ to die for our sins such that our getting to God is not about our performance and what we have to do. It's all about what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for you and for me. And if you want to receive that forgiveness today, it's as simple as praying a prayer. It's not about your resume. It's not about how good you think you are, how good you've tried to be. The fact is, God loves you with an unconditional love. And if you want to and are willing to receive that gift, it's as simple as praying a prayer. I'd love to help you receive that gift right now by praying this prayer with you right now. If that's you and you realize you need God's forgiveness, why don't you do one of two things. Why don't you lift your hand to God right now? Let the height of your hands reflect how much you need them or there's a little button on your chat room right now that you can press if you see it and it just says I commit my life to Jesus it's a simple way of saying God I need you God I need your forgiveness that you won for me on the cross where Jesus died if that's you why don't you press that button and why don't you lift up your hand to God and let's pray this prayer together right now for every person who needs God's forgiveness for things of your past why don't you lift up a prayer to God this way you can say dear Jesus thank you that you love me unconditionally that you died on the cross to pay for my sins that you rose again to give me life thank you today I open up my heart please come in come into my life forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus name I pray amen You know, if if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, according to the Bible, God's word, you are forgiven of your sins, period. You are accepted by God and you are a part of his family. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a priest in God's kingdom. You belong to him and nothing will ever separate you from his love anymore. Oh, come on, give God a big, big hand here this place together right now. A big congratulations to those of you who prayed that prayer and meant that from your heart today. And if you prayed that prayer, we'd love to know about it. If you could press that button that says, I commit my life to Jesus and said, there's a a way you can connect with us. There's a button there. Would you press that? And we have some encouraging messages to give you, a gift to congratulate you on making that decision. A huge congratulations to you on this very, very special day. And uh, we just want to do one couple more, a couple last things as we close off our service today. First off, if you call throughout church or home church or you just believe in the work that God is doing here. Let's give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings, knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, He gives what He gives us everything we need. And not only does He add everything we need, but He also builds His church through us. And so, let's sow into God's kingdom, knowing that when we do so, uh, great things are going to happen. And so, let's give to God. Go to mythrob.info to give. And before I hand the time to our awesome online host, let me just pray for you one last time as we close off our service today. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that no matter what mountain we're facing today, you are greater than that mountain. That you are the mountain mover. You are the one who gets us sometimes around the mountain, sometimes over the mountain. In any event, you are bigger than the mountain. And we thank you so much today for uh, just the fact that you love every single person here with an unconditional, unlimited, unchanging, unfailing love that will never leave them or forsake them. And because of that, you will see them through what they're going through today. That what they're going through today is not the end of them, but it's part of a much greater story that you are writing with their lives, far greater than anything that they could write themselves, and that the best is yet to come. And so we proclaim that over every single person's life who's watching today, that the best is yet to come, that your story of for their lives is not finished, that you will complete the work that you've done in their lives, and that the best is truly up ahead of them. And so with that in mind, we pray all of your blessing, your protection, your peace, your joy, wisdom, strength courage, comfort, healing, restoration, faith, wisdom, and your Holy Spirit to fill each and every person here until we next meet again. We thank you, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? I think there's more of you than that. Come on, give God all of your praise in this place. Praise God. A huge thank you once again to Pastor Nick Osborne. Big thank you to our team, our staff, our volunteers. A big thank you to you for joining us today. Praise God. The best is yet to come. Have an amazing Sunday and a great start to the week. We'll see you guys really soon. Love you guys so much. It's going back to our online host, Raul. Have an amazing day, everybody. Love you guys. Take care. Thank you for sharing such a
0: powerful powerful message i was so touched by it let us know what your thoughts are by using the chat box or send us a private email either way we cannot wait to hear from you now before i let you go here's a few short announcements if this is your first time visiting us then you are our vip and we cannot let you go home empty-handed make sure you text new to 604-285-5770 so we can send you that thrive stainless steel water bottle just for visiting us today And for those of you who made the decision to receive Jesus, congratulations. Let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. Thrive Church has prepared a very special gift pack series to help answer some of the questions you may be having on your new walk with God. Now, we have Zoom prayer meetings happening every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. So for more information on how to join and log in, make sure you visit our Facebook or Instagram page. And we invite you back next Sunday as we continue this Pivotal Moment series and learning some great, amazing stories about how God interacts with our lives. Now, we know we're not the only ones having these amazing stories. We know you have some too, and we would love to hear from you. Make sure you visit mythrive.info so you can share yours today. That's it for the announcements this week, guys. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings, and we will see you back here next Sunday. And the next time we'll see you is Tuesday at our Zoom prayer meeting. Have a great week, guys.